Welcome to the Deerfield Family Theater Podcast. In this season, we're talking with the cast and production team for DFT's Disney's Beauty and the Beast, the Broadway musical. Speaking of Beauty and the Beast, the musical, in case you're tuning in and didn't already know, DFT is putting on a performance of Beauty and the Beast this November of 2023. And performances start Friday, November 10th and go through Sunday, November 19th. So while you're listening to this episode, visit DeerfieldTheater.com and get your tickets. Thank you to all of our sponsors for this year's production with a special thanks to our platinum sponsor, Mosaic Construction. Without further delay, here's the interview. I'm pleased to have with me today our very own Mrs. Potts, Marcy Medwed Barnett. Marcy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Proud to be here. Well, for for those of you who are locals in the community, you know that Marcy is not only going to be one of the stars in this year's show, but she's also a fellow DFT board member. So, Marcy, how about for those of you, for for those of our listeners who've never um, met you before, how about you just tell us, tell us about Marcy? All right. Well, I am a Deerfield resident. I have lived in Deerfield. We moved here in 2008, right before my first daughter was born. I have three fabulous children. I have a junior at Deerfield High School. I have a seventh grader at Crusoe Middle School. And then I have a first grader at Wilmot Elementary School. I am on the Deerfield Family Theater board. This is my third year on the board. I joined, I joined right basically before the pandemic started. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, you know, I was only maybe then like a year after you then. And I think it's, I think it's four years. I think you're, you're in your oh, fourth year. Oh, is it year. four already? You, you must yeah, be. Yeah, probably so. It's like three and a half because I joined at the very end of, I think, 2019. So. Yeah, same. And I think I joined like end of 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I heard all of the, uh, everyone, you know, uh, was like so bummed out that we couldn't do Beauty and the Beast like we were supposed to, you know, back in the pandemic times. So, you know, t- tell us a little bit about what that was like and also how happy and thrilling and exciting it's been to actually be, you know, rehearsing Beauty and the Beast right now. Well, Beauty and the Beast is one of my all-time favorite shows. I'm very lucky this is my second time that I'm getting to perform in this show. The first was quite a number of years ago when I was actually Belle, and now I've I've graduated to the role of Mrs. Potts now. But I I was I was devastated when we weren't able to do the show. We had all been looking forward to it for so long. Um, it's such a great family-friendly show that, you know, has fabulous music and just such great showmanship. And yeah, as a board, we were all very disappointed when that production got canceled. Luckily, we were able to get the rights again for this year. We actually chose to not make it our first show back after the pandemic because we were waiting for the renovation of Caruso Middle School to be finished because we knew that we wanted Beauty and the Beast to be the inaugural production for Deerfield Family Theater in the new Caruso Theater space. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even if even if we had done it with all the social distancing and the masks, it just wouldn't have been the same type of production for us. Not at all. Not at all. This is it's a magical show and it deserves to have, you know, it deserves to be performed in its true, you know, form. Yeah, so, yeah. Where kids can get to see, you know, the faces of the performers and their favorite characters. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And and so at the time of recording, you know, we're still in the middle of rehearsals. But now now that I know that you've been Belle in the past, um, <laughs> however many years ago that was, it's up to you whether or not you want to tell us. You, What was it like? What is the show like now compared to back then? Because as I understand it, there have been, you know, some updates to the show since, you know, yeah, just even so recently. It, it was about 13 years ago. Um, we did it in, or I did it in Glenview. Aaron Stash, who was our beast, was also in that production. He was Gaston. So, yeah, it's the show is a little bit different. They've made some changes. I think both versions are great and both versions I think audiences are going to love. It's, you know, it's definitely Belle was, you know, the the dream role. The, you know, it, I mean, that to be a, a Disney princess, you know, but what could be better than that? But it's been a very wonderful experience also getting to be Mrs. Potts, you know, especially as a mom and getting to have a, you know, child in the show, not my own child, the little boy he was playing Chip. Um, it, you know, it's nice to bring that mothering perspective to the role also. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit easier to step into the shoes of mother <laughs> when, you, when you're a mother. <laughs> So clearly then you've been acting for some time, you know, what, what got you into the performing arts? So I have been performing since I was in like fourth grade. My family, we were a very theater friendly family. My very first full show was my synagogue's production of Fiddler on the Roof. And my mom was in it with me. And then the next year we did another show and my dad was in with me. And it was, you know, we really were a, a performing family and it was a lot of fun. I have wonderful, wonderful memories of being in shows together as a family. You know, once my little sister got old enough to do it, she joined us. I also, I grew up in New York about almost an hour outside of New York City. So we went into Manhattan constantly. We saw Broadway shows all the time. And it just, it, it instilled this just love of theater, especially musical theater. My, my passion is musical theater. And then when I went to college, I went to Northwestern and I majored in theater and I was in their music theater certificate program, which was a fabulous experience. I met you know, so many wonderful people through that program got wonderful, wonderful training. And then after I graduated, up until the time that I had my first child, I, I performed professionally around Chicagoland. I was a member of Actors, Actors Equity Union. I worked at theaters like Marriott Lincolnshire. I worked at Drury Lane Oakbrook, Theater at the Center in Munster, Indiana, like all of the big local musical theaters. And then once I decided to start a family, once my husband and I decided to start a family, it just got hard. The time commitment, unfortunately, you know, aside from, let's say, the Marriott Lincolnshire, all of the other big musical theaters are quite a distance from Deerfield. And the commuting back and forth was taking its toll, the rehearsal time, the time away from family. So... I decided to drop my equity, my union membership, and just move on to community theater, which has been equally rewarding. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't even know how you go back and become a union member again at some <laughs> point in time. But, you know, when the kids are grown, you know, there's always people always have like a, a second shot at, at doing that, right? Is that something yeah. you're, you've, you're thinking of in the back of your head? Definitely a possibility. Yes. I would 
you know, I I would love, honestly, to get back to performing professionally if it would be possible. I definitely am, you know, older than I was back then, not quite the dancer I was back then. Who knows? There's always, you know, the right role for the right people. Exactly. There are so many roles to fill and there are certain roles that you could only age into. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, still a bit, I mean, I don't know. I know Mrs. Potts has portrayed maybe even a little bit older in the in the Disney movie, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you're a very young uh, Mrs. Potts in our show yeah. comparatively. So <laughs> lots of room to, to age into a lot of roles for you, I think, in the future. And now for a quick break, let's learn about this year's Platinum Sponsor. For over 32 years, Mosaic Construction has provided outstanding renovation, remodeling, and construction services for commercial and residential property owners. They have the expertise to maximize your property's functionality, aesthetic value, and overall appeal. Mosaic Construction and their affiliated brands, Design Construction Concepts and Cannabis Facility Construction, have worked nationwide and have a diverse portfolio of projects across many real estate sectors. They understand the entire process of consulting, constructing, and transforming your property. When your collective values are aligned, the probability of exceeding your expectations is realized. They only make promises they can keep and treat each project as if it were their own home. Real estate owners and managers of all kinds recognize that they must select the right design and build firm who can help them best achieve their goals. Their clients appreciate how they deliver projects on time, within budget, and minimal disruption. Make Mosaic Construction your construction partner. That's the end of our break. And now back to the show. So g- given your what what have been, say, some of like the favorite and you could talk, you could do professional, you could do community theater, both like what have been some of your favorite roles that you've been able to be and some of your favorite plays and musicals that you've been able to act in? So my favorite role that I did professionally was I was Louisa in The Fantastics. That was a very long time ago, but um, I actually, I earned a Joseph Jefferson nomination for that performance. So I was, that that role had a lot of special meaning to me because it just kind of, you know, validated for myself that, you know, I, I should be doing this and that I'm capable of doing this professionally on top of the fact that it's, I just loved the show and I loved the character. Other favorite roles I I love a chorus line, and I've had the privilege of performing two different roles in that. I was uh, Deanna Morales, who sings What I Did for Love, and then I also was BB. She's one of the At the Ballet Girls. Belle, Beauty and the Beast, obviously one of my all-time favorite roles. I also, my very first venture in back into community theater was with Deerfield Family Theater's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I think that was in 2009. I was the narrator for that. And that is also up there, one of my all-time favorite roles. I do personally love the role of narrator in just about anything. (laughs) Hence the podcast. And then how about when you're able to take off that performer hat, if you can? I mean, I think even Aaron Stash, when he was on, says like, nope, never coming off. I can't take that <laughs> hat off. But if if you can, you know, when you're just able to sit back and enjoy uh, whatever, whether it's, you know, a play or a musical or some sort of performing arts, like what have been some of the favorite shows you've been able to just enjoy as an audience member? My all-time favorite is Les Mis. I, that show, that just 
mesmerized me. I I don't even know how many times my family we went to see it when I was growing up. The music of that show, the the staging, I mean, it just uh, that show it just moves me in a way that no other show does. Um more recently, I truly enjoyed Six. I just went to see that recently. I took my girls to it. I loved Miss Saigon, Phantom. I'm a fan of the, you know, big productions. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think what else. I also recently we saw Moulin Rouge in New York and I loved that. I was pleasantly surprised by like Moulin Rouge and Six. I thought given my, you know, more classical musical theater upbringing, I thought I would find those shows not, you know, to my liking. But, you know, times change and I really enjoyed both of those. And, you know, maybe not as a performer, but as an audience member. Exactly. Exactly. So because of because of having been in the business and going to school where you went, are you still like, do you still know people who are like performing right now professionally? I do. Not as many as I used to. I went to school and was a sorority sister with Kate Baldwin, who was a previous guest on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I also went to school with Kate Schindel, who is a former Miss America, but she also has done numerous roles on Broadway. I I have a bunch of friends who have been on the Broadway stage. And then I also... I, you know, can sit back and watch TV and recognize a bunch of, you know, people on television also. It's having gone to Northwestern, it was that that is a a cool perk is that given that the performance program is so strong there, you know, you are likely to recognize people in big places. So that's been yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you ever like gone to a performance of somebody who you knew, who you knew, like in New York or locally or something like that? Yes. I had a friend of mine living at my dream was in Les Mis. <laughs> I mean, obviously this was years and years ago. This was shortly after we graduated and, you know, she got us tickets. We were sitting, you know, right up front to see her. That was wonderful. I've seen friends, you know, come through with national tours. I had a couple of friends who were in the tour of Hairspray. Again, a, a while ago, I had friends doing Mamma Mia, which, by the way, that was the closest I ever came to truly hitting the jackpot. I was I was called back for Sophie, which is the girl who the young girl that Meryl in the movie Meryl Streep's daughter, who's getting married. And it was down to me and one other person for the first national tour of Mamma Mia. And I lost out. That was that was my big almost break. So, <laughs> well, well, I think I think that's actually like an important lesson, though, right? And like building resilience too, mm -hmm. of like being in the biz, because while a lot of people that we have on the podcast who like do community theater, theater is not, you know, or performing is not their career. But it, but right. but for for you, that that's that was that was your career until you're mm -hmm. you're just on a small a short hiatus, Marcy, just a short hiatus. <laughs> So, so it's, so it is your career. So like, what are some of the, like the, the takeaways of, and like, what, what if somebody wants to, you know, one of the young listeners, like, this is what they want to do. Like, how do you build your CV and, and talk about the importance of like, it's okay to lose a role because it builds resilience. Well, that right there is probably lesson number one. I mean, the, the nature of theater and going to auditions is you are constantly putting yourself out there for others to judge you. 
And you have to have a thick skin because somebody may love you and somebody may hate you. And sometimes you're going to land the role and other times you're not. But if this is truly what you love and what you want to do, you have to keep putting yourself out there. You have to keep trying. And you have to recognize that you're not going to always be able to start at the top. You know, when I was performing professionally, I most of my time was was in the chorus. You know, I was a, a good, solid chorus girl and didn't mean that I had any less fun doing the productions. You know, obviously, everybody wants the leading role, but not everyone is, you know, going to get the leading role. And you just have to know that it takes time to get, you know, to that point. And sometimes you may never get to that point. But if you love it, then you should keep going with it. Great, great advice. Um, in light of like knowing people who are in the business, I mean, depending on like timing and if they were still doing it, but when that, when the pandemic like came around, I mean, you already kind of talked about your experience as a board member during that, but like, like knowing people in the biz, like what, what was it like? Like if you could give us a peek behind the curtain of like hearing any like stories of things that happened and, it's really everything shut down. And I, I'd love for this podcast to be a place people could go to like, while we're still kind of close in time to that, like learn about what people went through. I, from people who I still keep in contact with, it was, it was rough, you know, especially for people who were full-time performers when there was no performing going on, you know, a lot of them didn't necessarily have other, you know, quote, day jobs to fall back on. People tried to get creative and figure out ways to, you know, make some extra money. A lot of people, you know, luckily had the love and support of family to help them through those hard times. Yeah. But it was definitely rough. Yeah. Was, was it almost a relief that you weren't in the business at that time? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So without spoiling it too much, I mean, we all kind of know the story. <laughs> I know there are, if, if, if you've never seen like maybe the the live action Beauty and the Beast or another like like the Broadway, the musical performance. Like I know there are some differences, but what about like if you could if, if somebody's maybe even never seen it before or never watched Beauty and the Beast? Like I I showed my three year old Beauty and the Beast just to get her ready to go see it live. Yeah. Right. So she's <laughs> ready. Like now it's like the only movie she wants to watch. But this is your chance to put butts in seats, Marcy. Why should people come see the show? Not that we have trouble selling tickets. No, I. I have so for the show in general, Beauty and the Beast is just a wonderful story. Yes, it's a love story between, you know, a beautiful princess, you know, and, and her prince, but it also has the important message that people can change and that you shouldn't give up on people and, you know, that kindness matters. And, you know, you should believe in yourself as far as far as Belle, you know, she is. She's a, a a heroine. She is a strong, you know, young woman who doesn't necessarily fit in in her village, but she stays true to herself. And that is part of what enables her to, you know, spend her time when she is with the beast and not fall into despair. And that strong character, you know, it is is very important, I think, for, you know, young girls to see um, that, you know, young girls can be strong and they could, you know, control their destinies and they can help change the outcome of, you know, situations. 
And then as far as our production goes, I think our production team assembled a fabulous cast, not, you know, tuning my own, (laughs) but I, our, our bell is just absolutely phenomenal. She is the true epitome of a Disney princess. And I think little girls and little boys are going to fall in love with her. Our Beast is wonderful. Our Gaston is incredible. Makes me laugh every time he's on the stage. Our Cogsworth and our Lumiere have wonderful, wonderful chemistry together. Everybody has beautiful voices. The ensemble just pulls the show all together. It's really, I think, going to be a wonderful production. Yeah. So everyone, DeerfieldTheater.com, get your tickets because, yes. you know, you're, and you're going to have to sit on one of the, either the left side or right side of the, of the seating because all the center seating is all sold out <laughs> as far as yep. I can tell. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a packed, packed night every night. And what's that like? Like, what's it like? Like, cause I'm sure you've performed like for like not large audiences, but like when you perform for like a really big audience, like tell it's- us about that experience. It's an adrenaline rush. There's there's no other way to put it. You know, even having been performing for as many years as I have been, every single time I step on stage, I get butterflies in my stomach. I get that adrenaline rush. And it's, you know, it's a wonderful feeling. It's really to know that you're going to go out there and you're going to hopefully make people laugh, make people cry, you know, just let them forget what's going on in their own lives and in the world and and let them come into the world of the production that you're doing. It's a wonderful experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can't help but share just a little bit of wisdom of something I picked up in, in law school because you mentioned make them laugh, make them cry. And in, when it comes to public speaking in general, whether it's like in front of a judge or a jury or in front of a live audience because you're performing or you're making a speech because you're running for office, if you can make people laugh and make people cry, then you've known you've let them go across the whole emotional spectrum. So like that should yeah. always be your goal as, as whatever public sort of speaking thing that you're doing. And with that, I'd like to ask you one more question we ask all of our guests now, which is, is it okay, assuming you could go see the musical live, is it okay to listen to the soundtrack before seeing it? I think so. I actually think when you go in with a little bit of knowledge of the music, it makes the show more enjoyable. Whenever I'm going to see a show that I haven't seen before, I try and listen to the soundtrack ahead of time just to get myself excited about it. And especially for people who maybe are not familiar with the story. And again, probably not necessarily the case with Beauty and the Beast, but just in general, I think listening to the soundtrack is a, is a great way to get ready for a performance. That's just my personal opinion. All right, everyone. So tell Siri or Google or Alexa to play the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack and and we'll all see you in the theater. Thank you, Marcy, so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And that's our show. Please share this podcast to help support the work of Deerfield Theater. An even better way to support us is go see Beauty and the Beast. Visit DeerfieldTheater.com to purchase tickets. As always, links are in the show notes. And thanks again to this production's platinum sponsor, Mosaic Construction. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your preferred listening app to never miss an episode. Until next time, thanks to everyone who continues to support the arts. We'll see you at the theater.